Kusum for everyone. Welcome to the Rix Podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Mengden. Technology has presented a completely new evolution, whereby we live in an era that surpasses our imagination every day with its limitless potential to revolutionize economy, health, communication, education, among many others. Furthermore, the COVID-19 pandemic has greatly elicited the potential that technology holds for the future and made it acutely necessary for the world to embrace it or risks being left behind. In Bhutan, His Majesty has been a staunch believer in leveraging emerging technologies that hold a great deal of promise to achieve our national objectives and therefore has also been an impelling force to build and nurture a coherent environment to foster the same. To discuss more on expanding possibilities with technology, we have Mr. Ujwal Deepdahal, the Director of the InnoTech Department at Druk Holding and Investment. Mr. Ujwal has an Electrical Engineering Master's from UNB Canada and Technology Policy Management from MIT. His professional interests include efficient energy programs, smart and green cities, technology policy and planning, and system automation. Welcome to the RICS Podcast and thank you very much for your time, Lisa. Thank you so much, Sanam, for having me. And thank you, Rick. Thus, if you could briefly talk about the InnoTech department under DHI, including STP and Drive divisions under it, and its overarching mandates. Sure. Thank you. The InnoTech department uh, is relatively a new department, uh, uh, and it's uh, it aims in strategizing technology and innovation pathways uh, to enhance access and diffusion. of uh, technologies considering the fourth industrial revolution technologies across dhi which has about uh, which has 21 companies uh, uh, under different shareholdings uh, but also aspires to be a national player in the space of technology and innovation uh, specifically looking at uh, technology and innovation from policy angle uh, as well as creating and building technology So the larger vision of the department is to develop technologies with values, which become very important in the era of, uh, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, if we may call uh, values being uh, from the ethical point of view also. And uh, uh, InnoTech goals are uh, and targets are fulfilled by two divisions, as you mentioned. Uh, one is the uh, Drive division, which is the DHI Research and Innovation Venture Excellence. Uh, which is the do tank of the department where we do fundamental and applied research uh, at a humble scale at this point uh, where we are working on different technologies such as managing water uh, transportation um, energy which becomes very fundamental to our survival uh, we are looking at building technologies there um, and drones and applications and uh, looking at various different applications in blockchain and machine learning Uh, the other division is the strategic technology planning division uh, which is the think tank of the division uh, which looks at the policy side of technology uh, and uh, you know it it provides the strategic direction for the drive center the research center but also aspires and works you know, works towards developing uh, technology policy for dhi and supporting the government uh, largely eventually uh, from the Uh, you know science technology and innovation policy uh, in the future so basically innotech to create an impact create knowledge uh, cultivate knowledge 
and share knowledge uh, and build technology. That's that's what is the InnoTech department about. Yes, thank you. So building technologies with values, that is something very interesting. And given that um, ethical issues and debates abound artificial intelligence and technology. So if you could kindly elaborate on that. So uh, especially building technologies with value and ethics plays a very important role in technology uh, as we move on and we automate our systems. And I, I personally look at ethics and technology from two dimensions. One is uh, on the development side of system. How ethical are we as a group of people who are developing some very responsible technology to be consumed by many consumers? Uh, the other part to look at is how, how uh, you know, uh, responsible are we ethically in terms of consuming the technology? So I think we have to look at it from both sides. Uh, but uh, but we also need to remember that uh, you know uh, personally, if you if you look at it from on history, uh, ethics change over time, uh, values change over time as human race. Uh, even uh, ethics and values uh, are different on uh, different space and time. Even uh, you know in different space today, uh, values what is. Uh, in the Western part of the world and values in the Eastern part of the world are different. So in terms of developing technology and how this will impact our lives, it's very important for us to understand how ethics and values will influence technology. Uh, a case in point, if you look at, you know, when Dolly the sheep was uh, uh, cloned, it, it, it was kind of unacceptable, but it happened. Uh, cloning of humans is an ethical question uh, rather than a technology question these days. There are startups which talks about preserving human brain uh, uh, brings up huge ethical issues too, uh, you know, which is unimaginable, but it is there on the plate. And these are the difficult uh, or the challenging or the opportunities that we'll be looking at as we develop uh, our systems. So uh, I mean, even if you look at artificial intelligence, you know, artificial uh, narrow intelligence, uh, general intelligence and uh, super intelligence, uh, and more and more as we develop our AI into uh, from narrow to general to super intelligence, eventually uh, with all the innovation that is happening, these ethical questions are going to come more and more. Uh, let's let's uh, let's do a thought experiment. Let's look uh, let's uh, let's look at an let's look at an optimized autonomous cars to meet which is designed or programmed to meet uh, an objective uh, of uh, you know reaching a particular destination at a particular point in time. And all these autonomous cars are talking to each other to ensure that the objective function that it is designed to meet uh, is met. And what would be the situation or would these learning algorithms adhere to the human values and uh, ethics uh, as they evolve? And we, are, and we do know that uh, some of the deep learning algorithms uh, we are not able to understand how exactly the deep learning algorithms actually make decisions. So it is very important that innovations cannot be killed, but at the same time, it's also very important for us to remember that, uh, you know, uh, the systems that we build are within the boundaries and uh, it, it, does, it does not go beyond the boundaries of what it is designed for. But having said that, innovation is important Studies have shown that uh, fully autonomous cars would save about 94% to 95% of the fatal accidents. So we are in a crossroad. We need to develop, we need to evolve, uh, but we also need to develop and evolve with ethics and values uh, to, to ensure uh, safety, 
but without killing innovation. Yes. So while we talk about not killing innovation and as someone who is heading the STP, the strategic technology planning division, what is our, your take on the need for Bhutan to have a favorable science, technology and innovation policy framework? Yes, uh, frameworks and policies are very important to have a strategic direction for individuals, for you know, companies and as a nation. Uh, we know we don't have a STI, science, technology and innovation policy. Uh, I think the closest that we have is the industrial policy that we have. We definitely need to have a look at that. Uh, but also uh, for coming from the other part, uh, other side of the angle, it's also my honest thoughts are, uh, let there be innovation and let the regulations come later if required. But that statement may need to be looked at uh, rather a little more deeply. Uh, we know that data is the new oil and we need to develop our next generation economy on and aided by technology. So it's very important that we do have a focused strategy and a platform of uh, you know, uh, innovation policy, but not a policy and a regulation which kills innovation again. Um, I mean, I think we have a lot to learn from the experiences of countries like Israel and Singapore in the recent times. Uh, and of course, STI policy for Bhutan has to be looked and um, supported from various angles and just not around science, technology, innovation theory perspective, if you really look at it. The support and platform on full cycle of academic research, innovation and venture has to be looked at from the STI policy perspective. And uh, uh, you know, let not uh, any promising idea collapse in the value of death, the so-called value of death, uh, you know, from academic research to uh, to bringing it out and innovation and product into the market. Uh, one important aspect that I do want to highlight is, I think, uh, not getting too much into nitty gritty, but I think a triple helix model of, you know, collaboration between uh, government, academia, and industry is very important, which is very, very lacking today. Um, and most of the countries that you really see, uh, you know, the developed economies, the innovative economies, if I may say, uh, have a very, very strong, in, uh, you know, academia and industry linkages. So that's one thing that our STI policy should very strongly look at. Um, of course, beyond innovation, uh, what innovators, the young industrialists, uh, if I may say, the you know, young in innovators, uh, what, what they want, I would say, or what we want is consistency in thought process. Uh, uh, and intent in various level of bureaucracy, I think. Uh, that's what a long-term innovation ecosystem would require. Uh, that's another point I feel uh, it's important for STI policy in Bhutan. Uh, again, my personal thoughts are, you know, uh, approve and ask questions later is kind of a tool that we should probably use, uh, especially for the disruptive technologies that we're looking at. I mean, uh, companies like Google, Facebook, uh, services would not be available if data security and privacy were of only concerns then. Um, so I strongly feel that uh, let innovation flourish, let things be, you know, regulations come uh, at a point when it is needed. Um, you know, same arguments on many of other industries and governments led projects around the world, which has, you know, given the internet to largely the abundance of energy uh, that we talk about all supported and fostered by STI policies. Um, it is important for us to you know, realize that certain fundamental research should be invested by government, but platforms uh, created for every individual to, you know, to technology and innovate the industry of the 21st century. Thank you. So how is DHI working towards contributing to the larger national goal of 
becoming a tech-driven economy in the coming years? Yeah, you know, fundamentally, uh, it is important to build a talent pipeline nationally at different levels to really support uh, a tech-driven economy. It's important that a talent pipeline is created, not only uh, looking into uh, the strategic direction that the nation wants to take in a particular area of technology. So the talent pipeline, you know, managing the talent pipeline has to be looked at from uh, schools, higher secondary schools, to colleges, uh, to professional levels. And we need to become, uh, have a mindset of being a lifelong learner uh, as citizens, uh, as individuals. Um, and, and we hope to manage this talent pipeline in the kind of industries we are looking into the future. Uh, and it's very important. And DHI is trying to align itself uh, towards shaping the future that we want and also helping build that uh, ecosystem of industries, but also helping building that pipeline. Uh, you know, towards this, uh, if you look at, uh, InnoTech is working on various programs, like we did the Tech Hack uh, last year. Uh, we are initiating programs like uh, grassroots innovation program. Uh, we're building smart city projects and drone applications and blockchain projects. Uh, DHI is also doing the National Digital Identity Project, which is one of the uh, foundations for the uh, digital platform that we're looking at, uh, on which a lot of digitization can happen um, to provide services to every citizen. Uh, and we hope to build all these projects into startups, uh, ecosystem, building products and services, not only nationally, but, uh, you know, aiming to ensure that whatever projects we do nationally is also, uh, we will be able to take it beyond the boundaries uh, and build those uh, startups internationally, eventually. Uh, one of the most important aspect I feel that we are doing at DHI is we are doing these projects uh, on co-creation basis and not as, you know, buying products off the shelf. And uh, Otherwise, we are only spending money to buy products. Of course, it serves our purpose in the you know, short term, but there is no definitely no technology transfer. So that has been a major shift that we do projects in a co-creation model. It's not the easiest path, uh, but more satisfying and uh, more you know, uh, being able to develop uh, the capacity uh, within the country uh, for, for in technology uh, and, and in building products. Uh, as an example, uh, in inspiring and capacity building, uh, I think it's very important to take science and technology outside the four walls of a room. Uh, you know, make, let, let's make uh, you know uh, research uh, cool. And if if you if you if you look at what uh, the Apollo mission did in US, it not only put the man on the moon, but it also inspired the next generation uh, of of uh, you know youth to, to to take up STEM, to take up science, to take up math mathematics. So uh, we are also conceptualizing what kind of projects, uh, you know, research projects we could do uh, in DHI within the country to inspire the next generation. For example, just for a thought, you know, uh, having an autonomous car built in Bhutan, uh, powered by solar, uh, it doesn't need to be a fancy, efficient car, but uh, let's build together in Bhutan uh, and drive it to all the schools around the country. Uh, and uh, talk about uh, what went in building such a project to all the youth in the schools, all the children in the schools. I think a program, uh, you know, just off the head, uh, a programs, if we can run something like that, uh, would really be inspirational uh, for taking up STEM. Uh, the last point, of course, uh, DHI is also looking at uh, building fab labs, uh, which will have uh, you know, next generation machines, which we can prototype a lot of our ideas to 
to test our ideas before we invest in uh, large scale production in industries. Uh, we will have a lot of, uh, you know, commercial 3D printers, water jet cutters, advanced CNC machines. We are doing the Superfab Lab in collaboration with uh, MIT Cambridge uh, and also having a lot of pipeline of students and interns and masters and PhD students from MIT and Harvard uh, that we can hopefully bring them uh, to the lab to, you know, carry forward some of the research that uh, that we are doing. So these are some of the some of the works that we're doing at DHI, DHI to you know uh, in the, towards a tech-driven economy um, and hopefully much more as we move ahead and much more collaboration, especially with Rake's uh, looking looking at technology leadership, which is so important to actually you know to have a tech-driven economy at the end. Thank you. So as Industry 4.0 unfolds before us with a whole new level of transformative technologies, what are some of the emerging technologies that have the potential to realize the royal visions and change the course of Bhutan's future? Like how can we leverage AI, big data, blockchain, IoT, among many others to to our advantage? Um, Right. So if you look at the fourth industrial revolution, uh, you know, as we call it these days, uh, it largely takes our physical world, which is physical world is largely analog. I mean, look at the uh, look at the sound of uh, air. If, if you look at the uh, electricity flow, to everything is analog actually. And uh, uh, the, and then we have made all the analog into a digital world because our computers can only understand digital. Uh, so we have uh, sampled all the analog values to make it digital into zeros and ones. Uh, but what the fourth industrial revolution largely does is also combines the biological world as we live. Uh, you know, so it kind of combines a physical, digital, and the biological world. So we are, that's why we are talking about amalgamation of you know uh, brain computer uh, systems and you know stuffs like that. So uh, I kind of personally believe that innovation in uh, cross sectorial domains, you know, innovation not only in one domain, but how can we innovate in cross sectorial domains? How can we use engineering in health, or how can we use you know medical expertise in space engineering? If those kind of thought process may be very important to leverage some of the technologies as we move ahead. This would provide the platform for us to develop solutions for and for um, impacting a billion people plus. Uh, and that is also our vision that we be able to create uh, that kind of impact industries uh, and industries with values, if I may say. Also, you know, STEM curriculum becomes very important uh, to realize this vision. With STEM uh, background and uh, learning the fourth industrial revolution technologies as the tools, uh, we can apply technology cross-functionally in developing solutions, uh, you know, to the challenges that we face now and in the future. So, in terms of uh, long-term vision, uh, I feel that it is of importance to have strategic milestones, which are like, as a country, have a short, medium, and uh, long-term national strategy in building the tech-based economy. So, building the short, medium, and long-term industry roadmap and uh, sustaining pipeline of talent is important. And importantly, agility to adapt with the strategic roadmap with changing dynamics becomes very important because this is something that always changes. Like, per- uh, personally, I think you know we should look at uh, IoT and AI as an industry. Uh, if you if you look at the telecom sector, you know it was voice services for telecom. For a long, long time since telecom existed. And in the last 10 years, if you really see the complete revenue of a telecom industry would be largely from data supply services. But uh, how long will the data supply service uh, as a revenue stream for telecom be relevant? Are there other technologies which is kind of uh, disruptive to the telecom industry? Should we be looking at 
more than data supply service should we be looking at service with data because uh, sectors like telecom and power have a lot of data how can we leverage that data i think that's some of the areas that we should look at i think we should bet on biotech uh, bet on quantum computers and focus on scientific and technology research at fundamental you know levels and not forget that you know 21st century could be the age of magnetism and superconducting materials so i think to leverage some of these uh, new technologies we'll have to look at some of these sectors for sure how do we start our short uh, medium and long term strategy is a question that looms around just my personal thoughts you know we may need to start investing smart in our priority sectors uh, leverage on our brand value to start collaboration import talent i think that is very important uh, for us at least uh, up to a certain level so that we form a critical mass of you know, strategic uh, technology people and build the basics and fundamentals through education and talent pipeline by strategizing international partnerships with strategic nations and startups uh, have to have partnerships with universities and labs around the world so those are some of the ways i feel that we should build the next generation of industries and prepare ourselves in terms of our talent pipeline and the next next uh, economies uh, of industries so what are some of the existing and foreseeable challenges that would impede our progress over becoming a technology driven nation or to achieve the achieve the results of the recommendations that you just are mentioned true i think challenges i kind of see many a times the challenges as opportunities because when we see challenges then we work towards it and then suddenly we realize that it that has become our opportunity actually and you know so uh, so when i talk about when i think about challenges uh, or opportunities uh, it's it's i think one important thing that we have to keep it in our mind is a technology leadership i think is very important uh, you know if you have to manage if you have uh, for example if you have uh, 200 coders uh, we need to have a technology leader who can manage that and and generally the ratio is 1 is to 50 uh, then we can get the best out of the uh, you know the uh, the experts uh, pool so technology leadership is important uh, and the leadership uh, technology leadership should also provide that avenue for willingness to explore and take risks uh, and that is something that is lacking i think uh, Uh, in terms of uh, our appetite in taking risks uh, and and doing the new thing um so those i would say would be fulfilled largely by technology leadership um managing the next generation of uh, you know workforce uh, is also very important and i take that as a challenge uh, for us to uh, grow our technology industry because the uh, fundamental idea about the next generation workforce are very different than what it was uh, 20 years ago so we need to m- be able to understand and work together uh, to build the next generation of industries uh, as i mentioned i think uh, university and curriculum remains a challenge that needs to be sorted out uh, to build the talent pipeline i think mo- most importantly again the mindset mindset shift in terms of uh, you know taking risks is important you know one challenge i also see when we look at curriculum is i think uh, if i have to be very specific on this front the way our engineering courses are taught uh, and uh, the way we look at mathematics uh, more as a foundation than rather than as a tool uh, i think we will have to really start looking at mathematics as a tool uh, of engineering rather than just a foundation so i think we have to reinvent how mathematics is uh, taught in engineering colleges uh, to le- really leverage the next generation of uh, fundamental technologies that we are looking at yeah those are some of the challenges but I, as i mentioned I, you know the, the challenges are the opportunities for us uh, 
to actually leverage the technology space for the next generation of industries that we can build. Thank you. Talking about uh, reinventing the way we teach mathematics or any science subjects or for that matter, if you could tell us about the programming lessons that you designed personally to teach the concept of uh, thinking through programming. Right. Uh, this was a program that I conducted at a personal level uh, where we had about 32 kids who participated, uh, where uh, it was named as learning to learn. And I used, uh, you know, coding uh, to teach fundamental concepts in mathematics. So kids, uh, I did not mention that we were learning coordinate geometry, but uh, through programming, through animation programming, uh, kids were able to make uh, you know circles that could move a snowman that could move and fundamentally they were learning coordinate geometry in two space 2d space so uh, i think this is something that we can uh, we we can really research and take further uh, because it was a four month course about 32 kids participated uh, we used programming languages uh, such as javascript and uh, visual studio code eventually and also a bit of html so uh aged kids aged uh, you know uh, on an average of 10 years old were able to build their own website uh, very excited to do the course i think there there is a lot possible in terms of making uh mathematics and physics fun and i really want to wanted to see how we can use you know coding logic to develop logic in physics and mathematics so that was the concept but one thing we i also realized that uh, there's a you know because lockdown happened and i had to switch to zoom classes uh, for that during that four months one one and a half of the month uh, we lost you know about 12 kids dropped out uh, and that also shows that we have a huge digital divide well within thimphu so that's another probably a challenge that we should be working on but overall it was an amazing experience personally uh, in the course learning to learn Nice. Thank you. It sounds very interesting indeed. And this is my final question. How do you foresee Bhutan 10 or 20 years from now as someone who is actively engaged in working towards a tech-driven economy at this critical juncture? Really looking uh, Bhutan 10 to 20 years down the line, especially in the path we have taken uh, vision by his majesty uh, in terms of a technology-driven economy. Uh, i really hope uh, and and uh, as we work towards that everyone you know in bhutan uh, is able to pursue professional and economic opportunities of their choice uh, if after 10 years of our endeavor 20 years of our endeavor we we can reach that it would be a, a very important milestone for us to have chosen this technology path so i see i, I see that everybody could uh, pursue professional economic opportunities of their choice uh, with this uh, trajectory that we have taken uh with the technology and uh, especially looking at fundamental and applied research that we want to venture into nationally uh i hope we can have abundance of uh, basic resources uh, which is energy water transportation with the use of technology of course these abundance are uh, these resources are available in nature but how we tap it and how resourcefully we and intelligently we use it will will define us in the future and i hope with this pursuit of technology driven economy that we're looking at uh, we hope to make uh, our basic resources abundant for people uh, i hope bhutanese all of us are solving the challenges of humanity beyond the boundaries i think that's important as uh, being a technologist at heart myself uh, i wish to see and i hope to see that we bhutanese all of us are involved in cutting edge research 
uh, you know, and as a global force in developing technology. Uh, so, of course, uh, with all this, uh, we we hope to have a meaningful work work life and uh, improve our quality of life and living uh, using and developing technology with values uh, as we move ahead. Nas, thank you very much. With this, we come to the end of the program. Thank you very much for all your insights and updates, and uh, we wish you all the best for all your future projects. Thank you so much, Sonam, for having me on the show. It has been our pleasure, la. and we would also like to thank all our listeners for joining us. Please do take care. La.